I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about Changeland, Seth Green's directorial debut. We'll also chat about our picks of the week. And of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. Okay, so before we go into a little bit about what we liked about the film... Or didn't like. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about what the film's about. You go ahead. Okay, so Changeland is a drama comedy, so I guess a dramedy. Uh, I say a lot more drama than comedy, unless you unless uh, it's unless a dry the comedy, comedy. Yeah, but yeah, it must have been so dry that I, 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 it feels a glass. I didn't perceive there to be any water in it. Well, I do remember <laughs> you snickering at times. There were things. At there times. are moments, and so it is starring, written by, and directed by Seth Green. Not a great first impression for me for a directorial and writing debut, but. <laughs> I mean, I expect something a lot more indifferent from... I mean, okay, this is the creator of Robot Chicken, for crying out loud, okay? so. But this is not a Robot Chicken No, but, movie. you know, but, I mean, the, hit with his background of his type of sense of humor and everything, this just is not what I would expect from him. All right, so it's the story of Brandon, who's played by Seth Green, and he is a man, he's learned that his wife has been cheating on him, And he just kind of slips away from his life and goes on this trip to Thailand. Well, he goes on a trip that was supposed to be a surprise trip with his wife. Yes. And when he found this, I was like, well, I'm just not going to tell her about it. I'm just going to take it with my best buddy instead. Yeah. So he invites (laughs) his best friend, but he's also kind of an estranged friend. Like, they really haven't been doing a lot with each other. Yeah, they've been apart for a while, obviously. Um, So he invites his friend to accompany him on this trip to Thailand. And as Corey mentioned, this was supposed to be a one-year anniversary surprise vacation. So during this trip, they meet interesting characters. They witness amazingly beautiful scenes. They seek enlightenment. And they also get to mend some old relationships. And so the movie stars real-life friends of Seth Green, Brooke and Meyer. Who I love. And <laughs> you love him. I, and other things I've seen him in. Yeah, he used to be on that Franklin and Bash TV show that we really enjoyed. He popped up on my radar way back when I was in high school, and I've enjoyed getting to see him throughout the years. And I think he's done some some writing for movies that he hasn't acted in as well. I, I can't think of him offhand, but he, he's also a, a writer. Right, and he had so that show yeah. that he was, I guess, the producer for or something yeah. of that sort. It was like the men's magazine TV show. Yeah, it, it, it did seem to be pretty yeah, funny. But, but it didn't last yeah, very long. So, it was like yeah. maybe one season. All right, so also in the movie is Claire Grant, which is actually Seth Green's wife in real life. And then we also have Macaulay Culkin, who's definitely playing quite the character in this <laughs> film. All right, so also it stars Brenda Song, and she was definitely first on my radar way back when, you know, um, so I was watching Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Um, Because I think she played London Tipton. They're all friends in real life, and so they definitely all had a big part in this film, which was kind of fun to watch. Likes and dislikes. First off, and we just kind of touched on this a little bit already, but 
Maybe it was because Seth Green included his actual best friends, but I thought the camaraderie of the characters was very genuine. It was. I agree. Yeah, you definitely felt the the, the friendship felt very real. Yeah, you felt. I mean, I felt like they're all on a vacation. Like they really would be on a vacation, and we're just kind of getting to observe this vacation. And then the it was there were gorgeous places and scenes. Like, at all the filming of looking at all these places in Thailand was just absolutely beautiful to see. And most of it was, well, I, I guess all of it were the coastal regions of Thailand, so. I guess so. I think yeah. there's a lot of coastal regions of Thailand. Well, I mean, yeah, none of it was in the more, more, um. It was more resort-like. More, more, yeah. yeah, none of it was in the urban places, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I think they went to one resort and then hopped over by boat to another resort. Yeah. And so I think it de- the movie definitely paints Thailand in an absolutely beautiful light. It's inspiring travel bucket lists, I'm sure. I mean... Oh, it kind of makes me want to go. Yeah. <laughs> the the first night there, I mean, they had a quirky hotel experience. But 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 amazing hotel experiences as well. I'm not, I don't know if this is... Are these like typical hotels in Thailand or are these like the, the most expensive hotels in Thailand? It just kind of makes you, you wonder what... At what uh, pay level these hotels yeah. were over there that they were staying in. But it was really, I think the first night they were there, and again, it was supposed to be a kind of like a yeah. honeymoon type of <laughs> feel of a place. So the concierge guy definitely. Kept on that there were a couple. <laughs> definitely kind of did the wink, wink. On, um, oh, I understand that you're just friends. Wink, <laughs> wink. Is it? No, really, we're just friends. <laughs> I was like, okay, you want two rooms. Um, but their first night there, they go to this, they take this little ferry across like a pond to this gorgeous restaurant and uh, very secluded. And for whatever reason, they were the only ones there. <laughs> they were there off season. <laughs> yeah, he said it was the rainy season. And so there, it wasn't as crowded. All right, so because the characters weren't necessarily happy, I felt that kind of created this artful juxtaposition against the environment. So you kind of had sad Seth Green and this amazing area. Well, you know, it. Okay, so one of the bummers for me with the movie <laughs> is that it's like, you know, I've explained before, not not on this podcast, but it's just to you personally, how I hate being around other people that we label emotional vampires. You know, I kind of feel like that Seth Green was being the emotional vampire through the screen and just like, oh man, just like sucking the life out of me. <laughs> well, I would, the, what I was kind of picturing is that. Seth Green's character was kind of like Eeyore. So imagine looking at this beautiful scene, like this beautiful rainbow, and at the end of the rainbow, you just find Eeyore. And it's like, womp, womp, womp. Because <laughs> he's just, he's not happy, and he doesn't know quite how to be happy. Wow, isn't this beautiful? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. That's, that's about what it was. Because you have Breck and Meyer, who's just over there saying, like, all these wonderful things and soaking everything in. It's almost like his Winnie the Pooh trying to tear him up, and he's just being a... <laughs> Debbie Downer, though. I mean, I mean, it, it was just depressing to watch him through the movie. Yeah, so he he definitely was just ho hum as always, as as Eora would be. So I feel like the story though did explore real emotions and kind of exploring real situations and how people might respond to these real situ or real life type of situations. You know, if you just discovered all of a sudden that you know. 
wife is cheating on you. And not only that, you start discovering what type of relationship you even may have had with your wife. Yeah. To the point where you've, you've lost your own self and, you know, you're just kind of, you're lost. So he definitely came on this trip, maybe not even realizing he was lost, but I think he realized he was lost and yeah. he had to kind of find himself again. We see the main character, Brandon, who is Seth Green in the movie. We see him struggle to embrace his current situation. He's struggling to refine his personality and his confidence. I think that was a really big factor. And we and also kind of struggling to kind of mend this broken friendship he had with his best friend. Yeah, because I think he was just completely blind to the fact that his friendship wasn't as strong as he thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a point in the film where he refers to Brecken's character as his best friend, and, and Brecken's and like, and then they find out that there's some dug up unintentional hurtful yeah. actions that was that that you know one side didn't re- realize was was there. Yeah, you know, I think Brecken kind of says, you know, I'll always be there for you, but I think he hasn't felt the same. It wasn't reciprocal. So again, you see Brandon kind of refining these things and he has to work to kind of shed away that Eeyore mindset, you know, that ho-hum-ness. And, and I think he kind of does it in a very quirky way. And I think whoever that wrestler guy, I think he was a wrestler person, <laughs> whoever that guy was, you know, repeatedly saying, this is going to be the best night of your life to the point where I think finally the character believed it and he's like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a, another downer for me. It, those, <laughs> downer. Well, Overall, the movie was pretty slow until it got to that last location. Yeah, so this was a crazy location led by the White Rabbit of Macaulay Culkin. And I only say that because he was wearing bunny ears. And they go to this really quirky kickboxing kind of bar. bar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And it's just, you know, I think they're all just, there's a few other characters that have kind of entered the picture. And they're all just kind of exploring different things. And I feel like Seth Green's character is just kind of soaking it all in. And again, he's... He's just kind of realizing he's got to be himself. So why was that disappointing, though, that scene? No, it was disappointing that the movie was so slow up until they okay. got to that last location. Okay, yeah. Then, then, then it finally started to pick up momentum. You had too much falling, but or not falling. By then, you're at the end of the movie. It's like, wow, it wakes until, like, you know, five minutes before the end of the movie before it <laughs> picks up speed here. <laughs> yeah, so you probably wanted a little bit of a roller coaster rather than, like, a... A really slow climb to just you know one little drop. Yeah, it's like a like the 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 lazy river log ride that all of a sudden goes off a waterfall at the end of the movie. <laughs> all right, so I thought the movie though was artful. It doesn't wrap itself up in a tight little bow. It does not, and I you know I, I know it's nice to lead things up to the imagination, but you know for me I like to see it wrapped up in a bow. For, you know for me like. Castaway, you know, I want to see him go back and meet that girl again. You know, <laughs> well, and I thought it almost had like that sideways feel where you're not sure exactly how yeah, exactly. it truly you, plays you don't out. Know if, if he's gonna go back to the girl or not, yeah. Know. I mean, I think you see him, but you don't really know how it's going to play yeah. out. I think he sees him knocking on the door, but yeah. you don't know what happens after that. So, yeah. but you know, but I guess with the director's like, use your imagination, it works out, you know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, definitely for this one. You know, it doesn't wrap itself up in that tight little bow. And I know that 
you know, that definitely you never quite liked that as much. So I think you probably, it felt a little empty for you, perhaps at the end of the movie. For me, I'm just choosing to remain hopeful that, you know, he is, that he's able to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish, hopefully, and it's a positive thing. Still don't really know exactly what he's going to accomplish, the character in the movie, but I hope he does. Do you think he stays and go after that one girl, you know, and, well... Which I think that one girl was kind of funny because when you first meet her, you know, <laughs> this you, is Brenda Song. Yeah, you, you, she definitely comes across as a local with the, you know, trying to speak English with her heavy accent and so forth. But then when they meet her outside of her workplace at the bar, she's like, "Oh, I'm American. Yeah, I, I just speak like that while I'm at, while I'm on the job because I get more tips if I come across as local." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, she definitely had a, a quirky personality and and take on things and I think that definitely surprised them alright so I think we know the verdict but I'll (laughs) ask it anyway so Corey what's the verdict does it make the movie shelf or not for me not only does it not make the movie shelf but to me, of, of uh, your dad's movie scale, to me, this was like a C movie. I could have been just fine not even having seen it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make the movie shelf for me, but I did find it engaging. I found it beautiful, and I found it pleasant. Again, it was it was really lovely to watch. I thought the soundtrack was really cool. Um, it did have a unique choice of songs for it, yeah. Yeah. And I also had the added benefit that prior to seeing the movie, I have heard Seth Green talking about this film and how he made it and some of the very purposeful and mindful choices he had in his casting and... Song selection. Yeah, in song yeah. selection. He spent years working on this film. He himself had the same kind of quirky trip that kind of inspired the film where he went on a trip to Thailand with, like, his buddy... And it was kind of an awkward, people thought they were, you know, a couple or something. And they're like, no, 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 we're just, we're just friends on this trip. So I felt it was really fun to kind of see all that kind of come into fruition after kind of hearing about it from his perspective. And so I think because of that, it gave me a little bit more appreciation for the film. And again, just watching it, it's just really cool to see all the sites that they went to. I know it was probably a little disappointing when they saw went to the um, waterfall. We were like, wait, really? This is the waterfall? <laughs> um, although I think I remember hearing in an interview Seth Green saying that there really are more magnificent waterfalls. It was just that was the first one they came to and decided to work with that one. <laughs> Especially since it'd be kind of quirky with them having that same perspective. Like, really? This is the waterfall for yeah, enlightenment? <laughs> like a five-foot fall or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe you have to... Get closer to it. Or maybe you have to go <laughs> under it. Maybe you have to go behind it or something like that. Seeking some enlightenment. He's like, I don't feel anything. I just want to go home. <laughs> Unlike Corey, I do recommend checking it out. Especially if you do like Seth Green. It's a different side of him. It's not robot chicken. <laughs> and but it, and it's not a slapstick comedy. It's not like without a paddle and yeah. things like that. It's, it's more drama. Than comedy, perhaps, but there are some humorous elements. More artful than comedy, I would say. Yeah, and it's it's just a beautiful film. All right, and now it is time for our picks of the week. All righty. Okay, so I'm I'm cheating a bit this week. Yeah, you are. I'm breaking precedence 
it's it won't last. It's just that I felt that with this film and its cast, it deserved two picks of the week for me. All right, so my first pick is Dancer Texas, Population 81. I have not seen that. You have not. I'm sure not a lot of people have, probably. Hmm. So this movie, it stars Brecken Meyer and Ethan Embry, and also Peter, and I I think it's Farinelli or Fascinelli, maybe. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. Um, And there's another guy. I just don't know his name at the moment. But these are, like, four friends... They live in Dancer, Texas. The film was actually filmed in Fort Davis, Texas. So just picture a lot of nothingness, you know, kind of that more deserty part of Texas. Small town, Texas, Very small, small town, yes. Population 81. <laughs> so you have this group. They're graduating. So this, and this film is like a 1998 film. So I almost feel like this group is like part of my class, you know, because I'm a, you know, class of 99. So you know, I just kind of feel like these guys are... Guys that I could have grown up with, although I did not live in that quite of a small of a town. But anyway, I think it's Brecken Myers primarily the one that wants to get out of the town. He wants to go somewhere and do something more than what he feels can be accomplished in this town. And I just remember it being kind of a quirky film with some quirky situations. It, I feel like I remember it being a lot more dialogue heavy because, again, it's a little bit more of that soul-searching type of scenario. But I just remember really enjoying it. Plus... I got to see it in kind of a unique way because my friend, his mom, uh, was like a movie critic for our local TV area or TV station type of programming, and she had early screenings, so we got to see a special screening of it with like that's my friends neat. at the my church group. It's kind of a neat experience to remember, and that's definitely what put Bracken Meyer on my radar initially. So fast forward, really just like a couple months, and then you get Can't Hardly Wait. So this is the true pick of the week probably <laughs> <laughs> and you have Brecken Meyer who's reunited with Ethan Embry and Peter Fascinelli and I apologize if I'm butchering his name and also enter Seth Green so again we've got a bunch of seniors who have just graduated kind of doing their soul searching they can't hardly wait to do whatever they're going to accomplish after high school and they're having this ultimate party of trying to accomplish all sorts of things and Ethan Embry is trying to win the heart of his longtime crush. Breckenmeyer plays a very artful, passionate band performer. Peter is uh, playing like the, the the jock who no one really, really, really likes. Um, because Mainly because he's not a nice guy. <laughs> and Seth Green really wants to get it on with someone. <laughs> <laughs> and... He looks like go-go gadget version of trying to get it on with someone. So yeah, definitely quirky and a lot of fun. And again, like I said, it came out like my senior year, almost my senior year. So I just kind of feel like these are like my friends as weird and silly as they are. So what's your pick of the week? So in the same theme of group of guys going on a trip and the main guy trying to get over a relationship they had with a girl. Um, we're going to go back to 1985 to one of Kevin Costner's first movies, mm-hmm. Fandango. <laughs> which also takes place and is filmed in Texas. Yes. Might even be closer to Fort Davis. It looked kind of westerny. Well, it, it was definitely a or like road trip. So yeah. So they were, they were hitting various parts. You even got a uh, odd plane flight from Austin to the Metroplex where the guy's using road maps to, yeah. <laughs> to find his way from one place to another in, in a plane. <laughs> now, does this one take... I know it's filmed, it's like, it's 
it was made in 1985. However, is it taking place earlier? Because um, aren't oh. they trying, aren't some of them going, like, being drafted or something yes, like that? Yes, yeah, so it definitely takes so place it's in Vietnam in the time, older, right? Yeah, yes. So, so some are, are fearing of getting drafted. You know, there's talks about that and so forth. And I think they've, have they graduated high school? They've, I think they graduated college. They're actually graduating college, yeah, yes. Yeah, so a little older, but they're definitely... But hey, there's a lot of college graduates that are still coming of age. So yeah, I think. <laughs> oh it's yeah, they are definitely coming of age, and I think you know, I think it's one of those scenarios like the difference between this one and like Dancer or Can't Hardly Wait because they're most of those characters are probably going on to college. Yes. Whereas now you have this group, the Fandango group, going on to life. Life, yeah. <laughs> and some some of them have a very scary next step. Yeah. You know, with going to Vietnam. And, and I, I like the fact that I feel like when we watched the film, I thought it showed the definition or maybe we just looked up the definition. No, it definitely shows the definition at the beginning of the movie because yeah. it kind of sets the tone for how the movie's going to be. Right. And it, it describes it. The Fandango is a is a dance that is like, it's fast and slow, then fast mm-hmm. and slow. Right. So. And so the, the film paralleled that very well. <laughs> yes, it does. There are fast parts and then there are slow parts but those fast fast parts you're like oh my god what is happening fast parts (laughs) yeah it's definitely a lot of fun definitely very silly and they have an epic road trip i'm not exactly sure where they're trying to ultimately go when they embark on their road trip i know you had seen it much earlier in life but i had never seen it but i think it's a special memory of getting to see it with you because we saw it on, on our honeymoon in our little cabin out in Missouri, <laughs> and the kind of the the office area had all they, these they, little they had VHS. Like a, a shelf of movies, and, <laughs> and I think they were VHS movies. Yes, and that was like the most odd select line. Another were like were like like uh, major hits or anything. Yeah. Like, there was a but whole Fandango of, was there. Uh, it, it was there. I was like, oh wow, they got this movie. So that's how we got to see Fandango. And now, Corey, it is time for a side of bacon. Ooh, my bacon sizzling this week. It is. So I'm going to go first okay. because you, you you definitely get the win. We, we, we definitely found out that you were the loser this week. <laughs> <laughs> Way to not be positive. All right, oh, come on. So, when, when we use the same movie and you lose, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wanted to use a particular movie. Okay. So, um, but before either of us go, we yeah. have to give props to one of our dedicated okay. listeners, yes. David, also our son-in-law, <laughs> who, after listening to the last episode, quickly came up with this connection, and he got it in one movie. Now, our it, only... it breaks one of our rules for the, for the podcast of linking movies, but... Yes, which I'm not sure if we actually ever established it as a rule, but... We have our own personal rule, and really this rule was established by my dad, Yeah. <laughs> where we do not use voices. The only one voice that might ever be allowed may be James Earl Jones for Darth Vader, but we tend to not use voices as... Lean- or animated movies in general for, yeah. for movie links. Yes. But he did get Angelina Jolie to Will Smith in one movie, which was Shark Tale. So- a movie I have not seen, by the way. Woohoo and kudos to you, David. (laughs) All right, so my connection, which is a three movie connection, I have (laughs) I have Angelina Jolie to Denzel Washington in one a movie I really really like, which is The Bone Collector. Yes, and I thought about using that one too. Yes, when I was trying to think of some early links. 
And then we have Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman in Crimson Tide. One of my favorites. Yes, a movie we've talked about before. And then we have Gene Hackman to Will Smith in another one of your favorites, Enemy of the State, (laughs) which also has Seth Green. Yes, it does. (laughs) So what is your connection, Corey? Okay, so I'm going with Angelina Jolie to John Voight. Mm -hmm. Her dad. Yeah, so, so this is the first Tomb Raider movie. And it's kind of interesting because the, even in the movie, they're playing father and daughter mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have John Voight to Will Smith and also in Me of the State. Yes. That actually is quite the ensemble movie. I mean, you've got Tom Sizemore in there. Jack Black is in there. Regina King. All sorts of people. Oh, and then um, Lisa Bonet. And the, oh. the, the first guy he runs into in the movie. Oh, yeah. Jason Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee. There you go. Yeah. So all sorts of people are oh, in that yes. film. It's a, it's a it's a good one. It's a fun. Oh, and Jason Robards, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, also the um, uh, Gabriel Byrne mm-hmm. has a small role in it. He, and I never remember his name, but there was that other guy, the one that did the deed for Jason Robards. But I can't think of his name. But he was in, I think, Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. too, I think. Okay. Anyway, no worries about that, though. All right, so who is your bacon pick this week? Okay, well, I wasn't really digging any of the from any of the main actors in our main movie that we're covering. So I'm picking from my pick of the week and I'm going with Kevin Costner. Well, I was going to go with one of my bacon links and I'm going to go with Gene Hackman. Okay. So we have Gene Hackman to Kevin Costner. Let me think any quick five second connection. There's not a five second connection. Okay. So I feel like their roads cross probably a whole lot. So who knows? We'll probably get in five minutes, but yeah, no no (laughs) five second connection. Okay. So, Gene Hackman to Kevin Costner. Thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. And if you would, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on your Apple device, please uh, give us a rating and uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And be sure to check our show page for links to the movie trailers of the movies that we've talked about, as well as our bacon reminders. (laughs) We'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.